welcome to the Brother Cousins Podcast. My name is Christopher Gerald, and I'll be your host today. So we just began the month of December, and Jared and Jeffrey and I decided to have a theme for the month called Chasing the Light Through Darkness. Today, I'm going to introduce this theme, and in the subsequent episodes, Jared and Jeffrey will both cover different aspects of how uh, this is a challenging topic to a lot of us. So let's dive right in. This is the, the, the bottom part of the year, right? We're in Q4, and the days are getting shorter. I've heard people kind of freaking out a little bit about daylight savings time because it's getting darker earlier and earlier, and that really messes with a lot of people. I know it does me a little bit too. And this changing of the seasons, and as the nights get longer and the days get shorter and it gets colder, and people can't do the things that they want to do outside and all that really gets to a lot of people. And it's it's no secret that uh, a lot of people struggle mentally and emotionally and even spiritually, by extension, during this time of the year. You know, we start to look at the seasons and the way that they rotate. You know, we've got the, the springtime, and that's a season of new growth, bursting forth, uh, persistence and determination which blends into the summer where we see this the season of fulfillment the bearing of fruit full bloom uh, lushness and the idea of playfulness everybody likes to play in the summer and then in the fall we see it as a, a season of completion the time of the harvest uh, but it's also a time of discarding uh, you see the leaves of the trees they fall to the ground everything that is not needed for the winter is shed it's discarded and along with that can come feelings of sorrow and difficulty. And then we come to the bleak season of winter, which a lot of people see deadness. They look out at nature and they see things are dead. The grass is brown, the trees are bare. But what I want to maybe show during this discussion and introducing this topic of these seasonal changes is that winter is actually not a season of death and darkness, but it's actually a season of possibility. It's a time of reflection. It's a time when all of God's creation has its preparation for spring. And because everything in creation prepares for spring, that's actually a message of hope for all of us as we, as we power through this difficult time of the year. So what feelings and emotions does this time of year evoke in you? As we look at, we just finished Thanksgiving, we're coming on to Christmas and New Year's, you may have a lot of really great memories spent with holidays in your family around the Christmas tree, getting that particular gift that you always wanted from maybe your, your grandparent. And those times of playing with your siblings or traveling to see relatives, all these joyous memories are, are mixed up. But maybe this season has you feeling a little bit sad. Maybe for you, this is going to be your first Christmas without someone that you love and lost recently. Maybe you are not able to be with the people that you love because they are in a different part of the country and there's travel restrictions. Or maybe you're estranged from people in your life and you're feeling very lonely during the season when it's a time to get together and celebrate with others. So are you feeling happy? Are you feeling sad? Or is it a mixture of the two, which is also fair? It's natural for people to have different responses and reactions to different situations. 
I'm reminded of a, a passage in Ezra chapter three, verses 12, where the temple is being rebuilt and the, the foundation of it is being built again after it had been destroyed. And the, the account we have is this. It says, but many of the priests and Levites and the heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of the temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the joy of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard afar off. You see, this is an example where we see two groups of people having the same experience, but from a different perspective. And the laying of the foundation brought great joy to some, but it evoked great sorrow and a reminder of loss for others. And the Christmas season, the holiday season is the same. There are people, maybe if you're not struggling, there are people around you who are. And so the idea is to bring greater awareness to this problem, to this issue, and help us to have strategies from God's Word to cope with that. So there is an actual uh, physiological condition called Seasonal Affective Disorder, or SAD, ironically. And it affects a lot of people. About 3 million people annually in the United States suffer from Seasonal Affective Disorder. The symptoms can be uh, feeling depressed most of the day, nearly every day, loss in activities that you enjoy, low energy, problems sleeping, changes in your appetite or weight, like I call that, I call that November and December, but anyway, uh, feeling sluggish or agitated, difficulty concentrating, feeling hopeless, worthless, or, or guilty, or even having thoughts of suicide. And so in our hemisphere, in the northern hemisphere, we have fall and winter SAD, and uh, winters, winter depression can cause us to oversleep. It can cause us to eat too much, especially uh, foods that are high in carbohydrates. And it can just cause us to feel run down and tired. And this is a real thing that a lot of people struggle with. And while the causes aren't 100% understood, we think it, it has something to do with our biological clock, our circadian rhythm being messed with uh, due to the time change and due to the fact that we don't have as much sunlight as we normally would during the rest of the year. So our body's internal clock gets a little bit messed up. It can also impact different hormone levels, which play a role in the way that we feel and the way that we function, whether that be serotonin and melatonin. And these changes of season can really disrupt those things. So all these play into this idea, whether it is biological, emotional, whatever it might be, it's real and it impacts a lot of people. And so what we need to be reminded of in this time is this passage of Ecclesiastes 11, verse 7, which says, Truly the light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the days to behold the sun. But if a man lives many years and rejoices in them all, yet let them remember the days of darkness, for they will be many, and all that is coming is vanity. God has never promised us that life is always going to be great. We're actually told and warned that there are going to be times of darkness in our life where we're going to struggle. And it's going to be difficult to carry on. And so instead of resigning in hopelessness that it's always going to be bad, we need to realize that there's going to be good and bad, and we need to be able to cope. But sometimes these dark times are just so crushing to us. And it reminds me of this passage found in Psalm 143, verse 3. It says, For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life into the ground, and he has made me to dwell in darkness like those who have been long dead 
Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me and my heart within me is distressed. Are you feeling overwhelmed this season? Whether it be by a loss or grief or whether it be by the stress and pressure of people's expectations and the pressure that our culture puts upon all of us to be and do certain things during this time of year. It can crush us and it can just feel like it has sucked the life out of us and we can feel dead. And it sounds like what Job lamented in Job 29 and verse 2, which says, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God watched over me, wherein his lamp shone upon my head, and when by his light I walked through the darkness. Sometimes it feels like, where is God? That he used to be watching over me, but where is he now? But the truth is that God is always there. We'll talk about that a little bit more. We know that God is our light. Even though things around us may seem dark, we know that God is light. Psalm 18 and 28, the scripture says, For you will light my lamp, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. And that's where we find our hope. Because we can take hope in the fact that even though seasons change, the God who made the seasons does not change. He is constant and steady. And I get a lot of comfort out of this passage in James, James chapter 1 and verse 17, which reads, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God is the father of lights. When he made his creation in Genesis 1, the first thing he said was, let there be light because God saw the darkness and he wanted something better. And with God, he doesn't change. We change. The seasons change. Daylight savings time changes. But we have a God that is not subject to change. And that brings a lot of comfort. Jesus made us a promise in John chapter 8, verse 12. The Bible says, Then Jesus spoke to them again and saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We don't have to stay in this darkness. Jesus says that those who believe in him can have light. Later in John chapter 12 and verse 46, he says, I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. We may have times where we deal with it, we struggle with it, but that's not where we have to live and abide in Christ. So how is this? Well, we have hope in what Christ has done for us in giving us an inheritance. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12 through 14, we can read here, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. And the takeaway from this passage here is because of what God has done, He has qualified us and given us a promise that He has delivered us out of the power of darkness and He has put us into the, his kingdom, the kingdom of Christ. And because I have that hope in what God has done, I don't have to despair when things around me get dark. So let's talk about hope for just a moment, because we use hope 
in a lot of different ways. We might say, I hope this or I hope that. Hope is not optimism that things are going to get better. Instead, hope is a confident expectation that no matter what, God will not leave us or forsake us. Hope is not optimism. It is a confident expectation. And this is captured in the Psalm of David, in Psalm 130, verses 1 through 4, where he says, Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. You know, David here is saying that if God were to keep score on his beloved, no one could stand. But he reaffirms the fact that in God there is forgiveness. And he says that he cries to God out of the depths. That's a despairing voice when you hear in that difficult situation. And then, after this affirmation of hope, verses 5 through 8, he says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those that watch for the morning. Yes, more than those that watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. I read this verse and it makes me think of going camping. I don't know if you go camping very much. I like to do it when I can, even though I generally don't sleep very well when I do. And when I go to bed and I might wake up many times through the night and it's still dark, it's still dark, and I'm just waiting for morning, right? I'm, I'm ready for the night to be over. And the reason I wait for the morning is I know that no matter what, the sun is going to come up. And in this psalm, David is saying, I wait for the Lord even more than those who watch for the morning. This sense of, of hoping and ex expecting the deliverance of God in His mercy, in His redemption. And that's what we have to stake our hope in, is that no matter what, God does come through for us. Now, what does this hope do for us? It's interesting, in Romans chapter 8, verses 24, it says, now we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for that which he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So Romans, Paul tells us in Romans here that this hope actually has a saving quality. And if it's something that we've seen, we don't have to hope for it anymore because we've realized it. But we hope for the things that we haven't seen yet. And because we haven't seen and realized the resurrection from the dead, the salvation in Christ, we eagerly wait with perseverance. Remember, hope is not optimism. It's confident expectation. And this is the message that we read in Romans chapter 8 here. This positive knowing without a shadow of a doubt that God keeps his word and is faithful to us. In Psalm chapter 63 and verse 6, David says, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. And it's interesting to me that David is literally saying, 
that he is chasing the light of God through the darkness that he is expecting or he is experiencing. So what is the darkness that you're going through? Is it because you've lost someone or that you don't have anyone or the pressures of our culture and the stresses of having to meet family obligations are weighing you down? Well, we're going to talk about some of these things this month. And I hope that if you are experiencing that seasonal affective disorder, that you realize that you're not alone in that, that many people struggle with this and that God's word does have answers and solutions that we can look to to bring us comfort. Now, maybe you're not someone who does face that, but I want you to know that someone that you know this season is struggling greatly. And so I think it would be good for all of us to be aware that even if we're not struggling, we need to reach out to our right and our left and see who can I serve? Who can I help? Who can I be aware of and meet their needs during this difficult time? And I hope that if you struggle with this yourself, you will continue to look at the light of Christ as he sustains us daily and keep your focus on him rather than the darkness that surrounds us and distracts us. So we hope that you will enjoy the, the, uh, the series this month and it will be interesting to you and helpful as we explore this topic a little bit more deeply. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope it's a blessing. And we hope that you can chase the light. And as Brother Jeffrey loves to say, we hope that you can let your love abound. Thank you.